Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Carry On Cast. It's so good to have you here with us. I'm Pastor Megan, and I'm here with Pastor Brandon, and also Pastor Steve. Oh, it's good to be together. And um, hey, continuing Happy Advent greetings to you all. We're still in the season of Advent. We are coming up on the second Sunday of Advent. So if you're keeping track at home, uh, this would be the week that you're lighting that second candle on your wreath. Uh, Light it up. That's right. It's getting good. Uh, be careful because there starts to be a lot of fire on those evergreen boughs. So just, you mm-hmm. know, be responsible. Uh, but yeah, we're working our way through Advent and we're working our way through our sermon series on rebuilding hope, talking about these these texts that come to us uh, from the middle of these these times in the history of God's people that were, uh, that were hard, that were scary, that were struggle, uh, that were pain, that were... Um, conflict, uh, trying to figure out what voice is the voice of uh, of truth here when there are so many competing claims on, on what God wants us to do, um, which is something that we just can't identify with. I'm sure that folks listening at home right now have no idea what it's like to feel like there's a lot of struggle in life and they're just not sure who to listen to and how do you know what's right. Wait, the opposite of what I just said is what I meant. This is, these are themes that I think are really uh, still powerful for us today. Uh, and this week, we're going to hear from the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, last week, we heard from Isaiah, uh, just the one reading, which is a real bummer because Isaiah, Isaiah is long and poetic and beautiful. So you get that one shot at it, and now we got to move on. We're in Jeremiah. Pastor Steve. What would you want people to know about where we're at <laughs> yeah, well, in the story today? <clears throat> yeah, just trying to keep it into the historical context. Um, if you were listening last week, Isaiah was a prophet. And remember, a prophet is a, a person that God raised up to speak to the power structures of whatever the country was that they were speaking to, um, like preaching these poetic messages. And... Uh, Isaiah was in Judah when the empire of Assyria was coming in and invading and destroying the northern kingdom of Israel. Well, that empire got gobbled up by a bigger empire called... <laughs> it went from bad to worse. <clears throat> went from bad to worse and bigger. Bitter, bigger and better is badder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this new empire called Babylon which is the really the bad guy in the story of the Hebrew scripture. They came in and they took they picked up where Assyria left off and finished the job. They invaded and and marched in and actually completely destroyed the city of Jerusalem. They took Solomon's amazing beautiful temple and just tore it all the way to the ground, burned down everything, tore down the walls of the city. And they they didn't slaughter everyone, which is like one step a little better than Assyria. Because they just like, that was bad. Yeah. But they carried them off into like 700 miles away into their land and basically created these little internment villages where the um, Hebrew people lived in exile. Now, Jeremiah wasn't carried off. He was one of the people, because not everyone was carried off. But all the important people were, and like all the poor people were just left behind with nobody to take care of them. Kind of a way to destabilize the country. You take away its power and intelligence, Mm -hmm. and uh, what do they got? Nothing. Yeah. And uh, so it's just kind of left to marauders and vagrants and people just kind of scrapping around. And Jeremiah is there watching this all happen. And um, 
he's called the the, the lamenting prophet mm-hmm. because he wrote the book of lamentations which is basically just one big cry yeah um, because he got to watch his beautiful country be destroyed and then the babylonians they they put puppet governors in place and it was just horrible and so the context for our particular passage today is a letter that Jeremiah is writing to the people who have been taken away, and they are in Babylon living in exile. And so just imagine Jeremiah, whose heart is just torn apart, mm. writing this letter to his uh, kinsfolk uh, in a faraway country. And so uh, as the reading will start, these are the words of that letter. So Pastor Brandon, would you read us uh, Jeremiah, tw- Jeremiah 29? We'll read verse one and then we'll skip the verses that have too many hard names and we'll pick it up with verse four through 14. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> these are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all nations in all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So two things that I think we need to call out. One, um, does it not feel a bit strange for this uh, provocative, prophetic message to be, hey, you know, make a make a nice life for yourself. Like, uh, why don't you build houses and grow food and let your kids get married? And um, uh, Pastor Steve, I'll punt to you. Why is this such a bold prophetic message for Jeremiah to bring? Well, you know, as I was listening to Pastor Brandon read the whole text in that time, something that really jumped out to me was God basically is saying, yeah, you need a timeout. (laughs) (laughs) You are a three-year-old kiddo and you've been naughty. You're going to sit until you think about what you've done. It's like, okay, God, I'm, you know, dangerous to say I'm speaking for God, but I'm just trying to say, like, here is, like, I've made all these promises to you. And repeatedly, again and again and again, you have made all the wrong choices. So you need about 70 years to chill. So that's a few generations. Mm. So get used to it. Mm. Uh, You're going to be there. So that's one thing that stuck out of me. But the other thing is it actually took me back to the story of Joseph. 
Sorry, I had to go to Genesis again. We keep saying. <laughs> you promise. Every week I said, no more Genesis. <gasps> Why, God, will I suffer so long? <laughs> but I was just thinking that, you know, Joseph was in Egypt, which in the Genesis story, Egypt was the big symbol of systemic evil. And yet there's God's promise displaced in a foreign land and yet making the best out of the situation. And then the people, uh, his whole family is, is getting the land of Goshen where they lived for generations, well, 400 years mm. that they were there before they came into the promise. And so it seems like there is a huge theme running throughout the Hebrew scripture. And this, I think this is very, very important is that the people who compiled this scripture, the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, are trying to make sense out of these 70 years that they were sitting there in Babylon. Like, what is God trying to tell us? Um, how can we let this not happen again? And so to be in exile is a place where you say, okay, I'm not where, I'm, where I think I'm supposed to be, and yet I can't stop living. How do I live in this weird liminal, liminal meaning not there, but In also between. not there yeah. yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's kind of where we mm. are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is this sense, uh, I mean, on many levels, one, right? Like we can we can start with kind of even the sense of life in COVID because we are mm. still in the, in the midst of a pandemic, even though we like to say things like uh, post-COVID or post-pandemic, we ain't there yet. So there is this sense of, we're, we're not out of it yet, but we're not into what's next. How do we make life now? How do we celebrate faith? How do we prepare for the coming of Christ now in the middle of something that's still tough, uh, incredibly difficult? But also, I think there's this layer for us just as, you know, a Christian church in America, this sense of... Um, this sense of exile, this sense of declining church membership, and the sense of kind of this waning of the perceived influence of Christianity on American culture, and this this wailing and grieving, and now oh, what we need to do is push harder. We need to try harder. We need to make things more Christian. Um, but in our own way, we're kind of making a life in exile. Who does mm -hmm. God call us to be here when when power has kind of been? decentralized from what what we understand is what we think God wanted of us. Yeah, I mean, there's layers of this exile story going on in our lives right now, right? Yeah, you're 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 if you were here, you would see Pastor Steve making gestures around his head like, oh, my mind is going mind crazy blown. with all kinds of analogies. Beautiful stuff. And, uh, you know, as long as we're talking about like analogies and things coming to mind, let us just hearken back to verse 11, because I promise you you all thought you've never heard anything from the book of Jeremiah before. And then all of a sudden you heard, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. And then you realize you've seen a million throw pillows cross-stitched with that very <laughs> verse on it. Pastor Brandon, when you mm. hear that verse mm -hmm. in the midst of that passage, when you actually contextualize it, uh, how does it change for you? What does it mean for you? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think, <laughs> well, on the throw pillow, 
It makes me feel uh, <laughs> warm and fuzzy. Um, and, and at this time, you know, in Jeremiah's letter, it makes me feel like, oh, well, um, things right now do not look like I thought they were going to mm-hmm. or don't look like I think they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it's kind of a reminder for me to, well, trust, trust what God's doing because God is still up to something, even though it's not going the way I had hoped or expected. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's interesting for me because there are two things that the prophet says that I would never expect the prophet to say. And one is God isn't coming for you right away. Right. Like Pastor Steve said, doesn't that stink? God loves you and God is here for you, but not for 70 years. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then the other, I, I love this, um, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Yeah. Wait. Seek the welfare of the city that's defeated us, yeah. uh, that's supposed to be our enemies. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's like you're saying is uh, kind of this church in exile sort of thing mm. is, well, actually, God has planted us here uh, to seek the welfare of the city around us as well. So I think that's kind of ringing in my ears. Um, but this whole, yeah, this whole idea of a plan, I would, I think, yeah, if I were here, I would think, oh, I don't like this plan. How do I get a different one? Right. Right. I yeah, it doesn't if I'm trying to put my head into the into the place of one of God's people in exile and I can't because oh my gosh, so many means so many cultural barriers to that. But if I were to try, my suspicion would be this doesn't sound great to me. I know the plans I have for you says the Lord, plans to leave you in exile for at least 70 years while you cool your heels because you're a hot mess and you need some time to think about it. Like that's not that's not the same vibe as the cross-stitched pillow, right? Cuz no. that's those nice fuzzy vibes of oh, God's going to work it out for you. And that in a way that's what God's saying here, God will work it out for you. Mm. It's going to be a long time. Right. And I, we are, we are Americans and we are impatient and time is money and give me God's promise now. I mm. want to wait for it. You were excited about something, Pastor Brandon. Well, huh? God, God is going to work it out. But in the meantime, because we've been saying this, like in this in-between mm. time, but in the meantime, yeah, live your life, yeah, build houses, have a family, seek the welfare of the people around you, uh, use the gifts God has given you. Uh, to bloom where you're planted. Mm. Keep coming back to that uh, farming metaphor. Right. Um, so you, even though we're in this in-between time, there's still really good work God has for us to do. Not just kind of a sitting around feeling sad for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Or or not just sitting around feeling sad for yourselves, but also sitting around making it hard for everyone around you. You're <laughs> so mean and bad and I hate you. And now that I'm here, I'm going to make your life hard. Like God right. is explicitly denying the people the opportunity to be spiteful and vengeful. Yeah. <laughs> is there a promise in there for you, Pastor Steve? Yeah. Well, yes. I, I love what you both are saying because... I'm just trying to think about the something that you said, Pastor Megan, before about how you know we want bringing into our culture as we have this idea, this vague memory that America was a Christian nation, right? And and I think that one of the reasons why the people, the children of Israel, were sent into exile is because the way they imagined the nation that God promised was so far removed from what God actually promised. They turned the nation into like every other nation, which was about power 
and control and money and slavery. And, and God is like, nope, that's not the kingdom of God. So you need to go do a timeout. Mm-hmm. And, and that timeout gave them an opportunity to realize, oh, I can actually be the kingdom of God while I'm in exile mm. because being the kingdom of God is seeking the benefit and the welfare and peace for all nations. Even this Babylonians who are worshiping Marduk and all these weird gods, right? So here we are as disciples of Jesus. I think one of the greatest and most important things we need to do as disciples of Jesus in the 21st century in North America is to say, um, Let's let's let go of the whole Christian nation idea mm. because mm-hmm. God's not an American. Mm. And the actual gods of the United States are money and power. Mm. And that's not the gods that is the promised kingdom of God. And so we're called to be the kingdom of God in this country, recognizing that this country isn't the kingdom. Mm. That we as church... Are, are in exile, exile. <laughs> and 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 the promise to us is still work for good in the place that you find yourself yeah. you know work for good for the nation in which you find yourself exiled we're yeah. not saying friends we're not saying not, don't like, be anti-american right don't burn it down we're saying work for the good of of this country or any country in yeah. which the church finds mm-hmm. itself planted work for peace and, work for and peace. the love of god and and build lives for yourself in this place you know true to the culture in which you find yourself and never forget that who you are is not that country. Who you are is not a, a people positioning themselves for power. Who you are are children of God, working for the, the good of the kingdom of God alone. And that, friends, that's an Advent promise that I think will will preach. This time of waiting, this time of watching, this time of, of building and preparing a life, getting ready for this king who is coming, but who comes not in power and glory, but who comes as as a, as a baby born into poverty in, in a nation that was a, a, a puppet state of an oppressive regime, which is the theme that just keeps coming up in the story of God's mm-hmm. people. And, and so we, I think, friends, would do well to, to hear that and to listen to that really carefully and i think that's one of the things that the season of advent is good for mm-hmm. is to go on time out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and to sit back mm. and think about what you've done mm. and figure out what it is that you're really about mm. as you're getting ready for the for the coming of christ mm-hmm. oh that's something that's going to preach to my heart this week mm-hmm. i think and i hope it does for you as well friends as we're all working together here at easter lutheran church as we continue to fulfill that mission we share, which is to grow in faith and carry carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Have a great week, friends. May the road rise up to meet you. Shine more.